Welcome to Saints Alive, where we take you with us to meet God's most heroic followers. The saints were just ordinary boys and girls who allowed God's love to transform them into real-life superheroes. Their love for God changed our world. Did you know that God has sent you here to become a saint? It's up to you to choose love over fear, to be courageous, faithful, and kind. The choice to become a saint won't be easy, but it will be worth it. So listen closely and open your hearts. These real-life tales of the saints from the past may just inspire you how to live your story. Let's go on this adventure together. Catholic Family Crate and Saints Alive have teamed up to create an interactive listening experience with a collection of saint coloring pages. These pages are hand-illustrated, free, and you can download and print them from any computer. Color along by listening to Saints Alive by downloading these coloring sheets at catholicfamilycrate.com slash saintsalive. Again, that link is catholicfamilycrate.com slash saintsalive. Today, we will hear the tale of the great St. John Paul, no, sorry, um, St. Great the Second, great St. Pope John Paul the Second. All right, listen, he was a saint and he was great and his name was John Paul the Second. Hmm, you know what? I know someone that can tell the story much better than I can. You all remember Brad, right? Our favorite class clown? Now. Let's see if I can get this thing to work again. Let me see, hold on, wait, no, that's not right. Hold on, hold on. Ah, there we go. Wisconsin, land of cheese and home of Brad Rumley. But there's someone else we're going to meet today. I'll let Miss Wyman take it from here. Time. 
Susan, now's the time. Sorry, what's after that? Miss Wyman, I think I need a coffee break. You don't drink coffee, Brad. Yeah, well, I might have to start. I'm sweating through this fur coat. Do you know how hot this thing gets? Brad, you haven't needed your coat since scene three. I was staying in character. <laughs> all right, all right, I think we'll end there today. Everyone, please make sure you come dressed in costume for the dress rehearsal tomorrow, 5 p.m. sharp. Hey, Paul. You doing okay? Oh, uh, yeah. Just waiting for my mom. She's always late. Well, I'll wait with you. You know, Paul, I cast you as Peter because you're a really great actor. Psh, not anymore. I think you made the wrong choice. Why are you doubting yourself? I'm just... I don't know. I really love acting. I know it's probably hard to believe, but it's my dream to be an actor, to tell stories, make movies. Well, then you should. Yeah, right. I can't even get through scene five. Thing is, I know I can do it, but something comes over me when I'm up on stage. I get so nervous, my palms start sweating, my voice shakes, and I can't remember my lines. I think most great actors struggle through stage fright at one point or another. But I don't want to be afraid. You know, you should ask for the intercession of St. John Paul II. Why him? Oh, come on. Don't tell me you don't know his story. You nearly share a name. I don't know. He was a pope from Poland, right? Yes, and so much more. Actually, he was the reason I teach both religion and theater. I thought that was just because you didn't make enough money doing one. <laughs> no, it's because I love both. And so did John Paul II. All right, go ahead. What? I know you want to tell me a story. My mom usually leaves about 10 minutes late, which means we've got about 17 more minutes left to wait. Well, why not? His story begins on the evening of May 18, 1920. Before he was a bishop, pope, or saint, he was a baby. He came into this world the way we all do. But there was something special about the night he was born. some water? Yes, thank you. What? What is that sound? I don't hear anything. No, I'm sure of it. Can you open the window? It's just outside. Ah, it's the church across the way. Oh, how beautiful. Oh, holy mother. You are singing my sweet baby into this world. Watch over my little boy. He is yours. 
On that night, amidst the heavenly voices echoing against the starless sky, Carol Joseph Votewa was born. Amelia gazed at her son, and like all mothers, her heart seemed to stretch and grow with each sweet sigh from her baby. No one knew it at that time, but this little boy born in a small city in Poland would change the world. was simple, growing up in a small apartment with his loving parents and older brother Edmund. To his friends, he was nicknamed Lolik, and one of his favorite things to do was play soccer. Shot. Not great enough. I mean, you caught it. Well, I am the goalie, aren't I? Hey, Lolik, why did you volunteer to be on the team with the Jews? They were down a player. Everything is so simple for you. Well, I'll see you tomorrow. Till tomorrow, Alexi. Little Carol ran home that day down the familiar cobblestone streets. He lived in the small city of Wadowice, just outside of Krakow. And though the seeds of division had been planted among many in Poland, he was unaware and loving towards all. He rounded the bend and sprinted the last block to his house when he suddenly stopped in his tracks. His father stood outside the front door, heaving great sobs. Father? What is it? What is wrong? Is it mother? Oh, Carol. She's gone, son. What? What do you mean? She's gone home to our Lord, Carol. No. No, no. No. She, she, she's going to get better. Oh, Papa, no, no. Thank you.
Like many saints, the light of Christ he found carried him through a depth of suffering most never know. Though the grief Carol felt was heavy, his brother Edmund helped him carry and lighten the load. The two of them became inseparable and leaned on one another through their sorrow. One of their favorite things to do together was climb the mountain surrounding Vadabitsa and soak in the beauty. We're nearly there. Keep up, Carol. You have an unfair advantage. And what is that? Fourteen years. <laughs> ah, we've made it. There is nothing sweeter than the summit. And that air. Mm. Do you smell it? Wow. Look at that view. It's a little frightening to look down. Be not afraid, little brother. Want an apple? I'm alright. Edmund? Hmm? When do you leave? Ah, <sighs> next week. Will you keep going on adventures once I'm in medical school? Of course. But... I'll miss you. And I'll miss you. You'll have to look out for father while I'm gone. Edmund, have you noticed that ever since Matka died, it's as if he remains in constant prayer? I know he's in pain, but I see him offer all of it up to Our Lady every day on his knees. Prayer has carried him through. I think it sustained all three of us, really. Well, I think it's time to make our way down. Sometimes the descent is more difficult than the climb. But what do I always say? Be not afraid. What was that? I couldn't hear you. Be not afraid! Be not afraid! Be not afraid! Be not afraid! <laughs> Be not let those words echo across the mountains and into his heart. In the years to come, when fear threatened to seize him on the darkest of days, he would remember that moment and cling to the words from his brother. You see, just three years later, tragedy struck again. Carol. I've just received word from the hospital. It's your brother. What's happened? He was caring for a patient with scarlet fever, and he's caught it. He's gravely ill. We must go at once.
When they arrived at the hospital, it was too late. They quarantined Edmund to prevent others from catching scarlet fever. And Carol and his father were left to pray outside his room as he left this earth. Be not afraid. Be not afraid. Be not Don't lose heart. Not our will, but his will be done. any better after that? Well, in some ways, but he still had much to endure. Despite everything he had been through, Carol excelled academically and even graduated as valedictorian. He fell in love with theater and was an incredible actor. He kept his love for the outdoors and was growing to be a strong, handsome man of God. But more than anything, his faith began to blossom. He and his father clung to the sacraments and attended daily mass together. After his high school graduation, they moved to Krakow so that Carol could continue his studies. In September 1939, after one year of studying in Krakow, Carol was leaving Mass when the Second World War erupted around him. He walked out of the church slowly, unable to comprehend what was happening His heart thundered in his chest as he looked in horror at the city crumbling around him, people running for their lives. It was only when he looked to the sky that he realized just how close the bombs were. What are you doing? Run! Run! ran through the streets, dodging debris and rubble, chaos and panic consuming the city like a swelling wave. Carol! You're all right. Oh, thank goodness you're all right. I don't understand. It's the Nazis. They've invaded Poland and they're after us. Listen to this. The Nazi party under Adolf Hitler is now in control of Poland. You will report your houses immediately. Heil Hitler. The Nazi party under Adolf Hitler is now in control of Poland. You will report your houses life and the whole world would never be the same. Krakow was overtaken by the Nazis. Churches and schools were closed. Swastikas hung throughout the city and every Polish citizen became a slave of the German Reich. 
The years passed, and though Carol endured much, he let God chisel away at his heart, shaping him into the saint he would become. He bravely continued to pray and study in secret in the evenings after grueling, bitter days working in a quarry. Do you realize? It's been years of this labor. There's no end in sight. But, Davi, it's the end of the week. We're nearly there. As if we get a break. What does the day of the week matter? I know this seems impossibly difficult, but don't give up on hope. Never tire. Never become discouraged. Hmm. I can't understand you, Carol. <coughs> you have every reason <coughs> to be angry. We're practically slaves. I was angry. But it did nothing. It's better to cry than to be angry, because anger hurts others, while tears flow silently through the soul and cleans the heart. Yet, I don't see you crying. Move, everybody out single file! And the workday is done. Until tomorrow, Tavi. Say hello to your father for me, will you? I always do. Carol walked home through the bitter cold. He wiggled his fingers, desperately trying to warm them and bring feeling back. He kept his head down as he passed a Gestapo guard that eyed him suspiciously and prayed for him quietly. Lord, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Hello, Father? Oh, I didn't see you there in the dark. What are you... Father? No, no, please. Wake up. Father, please, please don't leave me. I don't want to be alone. I've lost everyone. I've lost everyone I've ever loved. <laughs> Carol ran out the door and down the cobblestone streets to find a priest that would give his father last rites. Tears poured down his face as he ran, bitterness and anger threatening his heart with each step. He squinted tightly and let the tears spill down. It was then that he heard something from the depths of his soul crying out. He stopped running, gasping for air, and tightly squeezed his eyes closed. He could hear it, his brother's strong voice echoing across the mountainside. What was that? Be not afraid. Be not afraid. Okay, Lord. Okay. Not my will, but yours. 
You see, so many of the saints endured immense suffering, but it's not really what they went through that defines them at all. It's how they let God into their heart through their pain. After the death of his father, Carol's prayer life deepened and blossomed. Throughout the day, whether it be at work or home, he would kneel in silent prayer, deep in contemplation. He also held fast to something more powerful than grief, despair, or anger. And what was that? Hope. And one of the ways he did this was by acting on stage. He and his friends risked their lives in an underground theater group called the Rapposodic Theater. It was incredible, and Carol truly thought he would pursue acting as a career. He was very talented. But there was someone else in his life that recognized something great in him before he even knew it himself. His name was Jan Taranowski, a simple Polish tailor, but a great mentor to Carol and many others in a group called The Living Rosary. Jan, may I walk with you? Ah, Carol. I've been thinking of you. What did you think of the book? It was... It was hard to put into words. But I feel changed after reading it. I thank you so much for lending it to me. Louis de Montfort was a holy man. I'm sure he'll be a saint someday soon. So, the true devotion to Mary resonated with you? Reading it has uh, stirred something in me. Like I've come to a decisive turning point in my life. You see, I used to worry that a devotion to Mary might impede my relationship with Christ. But the truth is, Mary only brings us closer to Christ. She leads us to Him. Provided that we live her mystery in Christ. Oh, I loved what he wrote. Totus tuus, totally yours. To Jesus, through Mary. Hmm. What else? I can tell there's something on your mind. I don't know how to describe it, but a great peace and joy has overtaken my soul when I think of laying down my life as a priest. Hmm. You don't seem surprised. <laughs> I'm not. Well, I am. But I feel that clarity from the recesses of my heart, that this is my calling. When God gives you clarity like that, it's up to you to answer his call. I'll see you tomorrow for our Living Rosary group. <laughs> I'll be there. Jan watched Carol walk away and couldn't help but smile. There was greatness in this young man the world would soon know. around Carol continued to crumble, but his prayer life only grew, and with it, the call to the priesthood. In 1942, he bravely entered the seminary, but was forced to study in secret. His life was miraculously spared many times, 
but there was one day in particular that death came knocking on Carol's door. The sun was just beginning to dip down below the rooftops when he heard the yells and cries from next door. Peering out the window of his small apartment, his heart dropped seeing a young Polish man dragged from his home by the Nazis. His apartment was next. Carol ran to the basement to hide. He knelt on the cold, dirt floor, praying when he heard them above. Search everywhere! I want every last Polish man in this city! Be not afraid. Be not afraid. What do you mean you didn't find anyone? You looked everywhere? Carol's heart beat in his chest so loudly that it echoed in his ears. He could see the men through the cracks of the floor just above him. Very well. On to the next home. Move! Move! myself to you. I am totally yours. I will do what you will. Not my will, but yours. I am not afraid. That day came to be known as Black Sunday. 8,000 Polish men were taken and killed. They made sure to obliterate any man who was educated or faithful. But, by the grace of God, they missed one. much more to tell, but I think that's your mom pulling in. I am so sorry. Thanks so much for waiting with him. I completely lost track of time. (laughs) My pleasure. Thanks, Miss Wyman. You bet. And Paul? Yeah? Ask for his intercession. You're not alone in this. Be not afraid, right? Thanks, Miss Wyman. See you tomorrow. 5 p.m. sharp. 5 p.m. sharp.
After hearing the first part of St. John Paul II's story, I think we can understand why there's a great before his name. His message to not be afraid was heard by millions, and he truly changed the world with his holiness. All of us have fears, worries, doubts, and anxieties that we have to work through. How can you take to heart John Paul's message to not be afraid? Maybe it's in praying through your fear and letting the strength of Christ lead you. Or you could pray a decade of the rosary like young Carol did for his living rosary group. We can't wait for you to hear about Paul, his play, and the rest of the story. Make sure to tune in next Monday, October 23rd, to hear part two of St. John Paul the Great. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Alex. I'm Melissa. And I'm Tanner. And we are the team of Saints Alive. Thank you to all of our wonderful listeners who have supported us financially and spiritually over the last two years of production. You all have been instrumental in keeping Saints Alive in production, and we truly cannot thank you enough. We have an exciting announcement that will be released on All Saints Day, November 1st. Please subscribe to our newsletter on our website and follow us on social media to stay up to date. And thank you to all of the patrons who helped make this episode possible. In memory of Father Mario Arrigo, who like John Paul II, had a devotion to the rosary. Lucy, Lena, Maeve, Sam, and Colette Cox Jacob, Becca, Cora, and Hollis Reisler, Jaber, Merrick, and Juniper Gunn, Owen, Felix, and Gideon Kroll, Charlie, Sarah, Rebecca, and Lenore Vogel, Lillian, Ruben, Evelyn, and Franklin Bancales, the Warful family, Patrick, Ashley, Owen, Abby, Jack, Ava, and Lexi, the Palencia family, the Tolliver family, and the Delperdang family. Thank you all so much. We are excited to announce the launch of our Saints Alive Youth Missions. Our youth missions are dynamic talks to inspire your children to set out on the journey to sainthood. Complete with giveaways, you can turn our normal school day into a day that forms future saints. Email us today for more information at saintsalivetalks at gmail.com.